y'all. Welcome back to season two of the Complicated DM. It's your co-host Mariana and and Denise Renee. Hi, everyone. We are so excited to be back in this space. Um, we're so excited that it's warm now. We're excited to just kick off season two. We're going to take today's episode to just talk about the different topics we're going to cover during season two to get you excited. And then also just, you know, it's been a year since the pandemic hit and just kind of has been one year, one heck of a year and just catch y'all up on how we've both been surviving it well and happy birthday to the complicated dm podcast yes we launched this podcast in the middle of the pandemic and it's been overwhelmingly um supported by many people globally Mm -hmm. We have um, an audience from eight different countries. So we um, reached a lot of people and we want to make sure we thank all of you for supporting us over the last year. Yeah. And thanks for all the support and asking us, right? Some people have been asking us when does season two start? Are y'all still doing it? What's going on? And our little... Uh, Instagram live. Also, thanks for that support as well for those of y'all that have either tuned in on the spot or watched it later. Mariana, uh, what could people um, anticipate for season two? Ooh, okay. So we have some topics around toxic parental relationships as well as toxic family relationships, which I think that during this pandemic, a lot may have right? Resurfaced as maybe some of us were stuck with our loved ones. Yeah. Or even, you know, things that have happened during the pandemic, you know, caused family to reflect, you know, um, the, you know, COVID experienced a lot of deaths, right? And trying to navigate that along with the relationships that you had or didn't have um, with, you know, your, your loved ones during Um, this pandemic. So I'm excited and looking forward to that particular topic. Do you have one in particular that you're really excited about for us to talk about in season two? I am. So the one I'm excited is culture that does not rest, that does not rest. So I have, um, I've been fortunate enough to be around a colleague that reminds me about rest. She actually introduced me to the NAP ministry. So if you know about the NAP ministry or you don't look her up on Instagram and she's just really big about how, you know, in society we're told, especially like marginalized communities to like grind, 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 grind to achieve that dream, but we're never really taking care of ourselves. And I'm excited about it because I think that man, that, how do you even balance that? Right? Like, how do you, how do you thrive and not, (laughs) not grind? Yeah. Yeah, no. And I and I think a lot of people will be able to resonate with that, especially those that were fortunate enough to work from home. And uh, were they able to really balance? Right. Or were they always working? Because I know for me personally, and I won't go too much into this because we want you to listen (laughs) to the episode, but um, there really was no separation. Right. When I would have to get up and physically go to an office space. I knew there was an end point where I was coming home. Whereas now I, I, 
I feel as if I've struggled a little bit, especially in the beginning with creating a balance or even trying to create a routine. So I think that grind culture episode is going to be one that a lot of people, especially within our generation, will be able to resonate with very well. Yeah. What about you, Denise? Uh, You know, there are two episodes (laughs) that I'm really excited about. One is sex and celibacy. I'm excited to talk about sex. I think uh, it's a, a topic that a lot of people, especially in our communities, that we don't really talk openly about yeah. sex and, and have this sex positive, you know, conversations and empowering women to, you know, own their sexuality for one, but, you know, how they feel about sex and also adding um, celibacy to the topic, because I think, you know, um, that is something that a lot of people struggle with as well, especially those, you know, in the faith community that have faith and think about um, sex before marriage. What does that really mean and how to practice celibacy and are, and those that are practicing celibacy, are they doing it because it's something that they truly want to do or sex is not an option for them, right? And so they're saying, oh, I'm celibate. But if someone was knocking down their door trying to give them some, would they be 10 toes up, right? Right. Um, I'm excited about that topic. Um, And then one that I just recently added that I'm not sure if you had the opportunity to view, but it's healthcare disparities. Um, And thinking about how black and brown people are treated when they go and visit the doctor, especially thinking about pain management and things of that nature. I'm not sure if our audience know, but I, you know, broke my wrist in November around the Thanksgiving holiday. And while I did not feel as if Um, I was treated differently because I identify as a Black female, I did think about, you know, those individuals in our communities that may not have the competency to advocate for themselves in that particular space because I had to ask for pain medicine because I was in the ER on a Saturday night and the pharmacy was not going to open until later in the afternoon Sunday Mm. and they were going to send me home without any pain medicine, right? And so I had to ask for some for them to give me something in the moment, but then also for me to take with me because I didn't want to wake up in pain. Right. Um, right? And I don't think a lot of people would have, you know, thought to ask, right. Because no one was volunteering, giving me any pain medicine, medicine at that time. And so I've been reflecting, um, on that as well as it relates to, um, you know, being insured, right. And having, you know, the financial means to be able to pay for any out-of-pocket expenses or not having any insurance at all. And you basically, like, what do you do, right? right. So, or just the, like the privilege of citizenship because yes, even for our period. undocumented, yes. that's just, yeah. So before we keep going more into yes. it, that's, yes. that's yes. a yes. taste of the episode for you because there's so much with Yes, it. yes. Is so. there a topic that you feel like when we think about season two, that maybe when we were recording season one you would have never thought would have made the list right because of so much can happen in a year right a topic that's making our season two list that I didn't think would make yeah it. like you didn't maybe you didn't expect um you know I 
you know what? Maybe the uh, another topic that's that is on our season two list is developing or finding friends as an adult. Mm. Okay. Um, I think for me, I've had a transition over. I mean, probably the last fifteen years or so, as it relates to friendships that I've developed um, and friendships that you know I are no longer as strong as before. But the fact that I've moved to different locations has caused me to think about friendships differently and to really put myself out there to, you know, find new friendships and develop new new friendships because, you know, I, I hold my friends near and dear. And so um, I didn't always realize that it was going to be a challenge or a struggle to develop those relationships. Yeah. And how do you, right? As an adult, where do you- Yeah, how do you do it, right? And we talked a little bit about that in in season one, right? When we talked about how we met, right? And um, how for me, it was love at first sight. I like, I, I, you know, wanted to be your friend um, immediately, but like not necessarily having the courage, I guess, to, to really, you know, put myself out there, not knowing how you would respond, right? So yeah. I would say that. What about you? So I would say like a vegan POC transitioner life. Okay. Yeah. Um, because I feel like you and I talked a lot about, or we were maybe go, going through this, not the same, but we were like kind of trying the same thing in the pandemic in the sense of, I remember during the pandemic, probably halfway through it, like summertime is what I remember. I just got into like a plant-based, so not <laughs> vegan, but like plantify Kiki. That's her name on YouTube if you're obsessed with YouTube as much as I'm obsessed with YouTube and that's all I watched every night and like I'm not vegan I'm not vegetarian I'm not like plant-based but I was like plant-based for a while and I enjoyed it and even like now when I go grocery shopping I still don't buy meat the only meat I buy is turkey bacon and yeah. if I eat meat, it's because I'm out with my trifling friends that like to drink and then alcohol gets in the picture and then it blurs a line yeah yeah <laughs> Right. No, no, no. Yeah. Like lately I've been buying uh, plant-based meats and um, those that know me know my love for Chipotle. And I now, um, when I order from there, I order the plant-based protein. So, okay, yeah. 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 So that one was, that one was interesting. But yeah. I think the pandemic caused us to really make a lot of changes, right? As it relates to how we operate in our spaces professionally, and then also some things related to us personally, right? Like how we're probably more intentional, we're reaching out to family, more intentional with how we hang out and communicate with our friends, how we've been more intentional with our bodies and what we're putting in our bodies. Um, I will say I probably increased my alcoholic intake uh, <laughs> during the pandemic. Um, I would so say mine that, that decreased. <laughs> And you became a plant mom. I did. So it's funny because your alcohol intake increased, mine decreased. Oh. Believe it or not. Yeah. Wow. What about finances? I feel like the pandemic also made people, do you think like, at least for me personally, I feel like the pandemic made me realize like where my money was going. And that was, oh, like, yeah. The bar. For me, um, I know a lot of people that I've had this conversation with were able to save differently um, because they were no longer, you know, spending money on going out or things that 
that, you know, they realize now was not necessarily um, pertinent to their everyday life. But for me, I actually started spending more. Wow. I think I've spent more than I've saved. And what I know for me, and I've always known this to be true, is that when I'm not, when I'm in an undefined space, and when I say undefined is that I don't want to say sadness or depression because that wasn't it, but a state, you know, uncertainty, uh, I actually spend money, right? So buying things for myself uh, or for others brings me happiness, right? And it calms me. So I actually spent more over the last year than I typically do. Interesting. Um, And bougie pricey shit. (laughs) I believe that because you're a bougie bitch. But do you, because do you tie uncertainty with stress? And so that's yes. how you cope with yes. stress? Yes, for sure. Definitely been, um, okay. been stressed because consistency and routine is something that's really important to me. And so this pandemic um, has brought nothing but uncertainty. You know, mm-hmm. when we started in March with our first initial lockdown, it was two weeks, right? And then two weeks turned into a month, then turned into two months. Like it turned into, we were never able to leave our homes, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, and that was that was difficult for me towards the end. So I would say the first six months, I was probably okay. But then when I realized that the pandemic is never going, anywhere or at least that's how I felt before the vaccine was available um I was stressed right and really just didn't know how to navigate that space because one of the things that I've learned is that I enjoy um the intimate times that I can spend with my friends um and so being isolated uh was not good for me especially when I've always been a homebody but I've always made time for my friends or for my family or for myself to go out and do things and so when that was taken away from me um I really didn't know how to fill in those gaps or those spaces in my life mm-hmm. and so I spent my money right right <laughs> yeah I think the pandemic definitely made us like right realize a lot of different things what I'm curious about is like how much of what we learned then we will still hold on to you know yeah. I mean? oh yeah so, so for example I think of one it made me realize how much money I was spending on coffee oh my goodness y'all I was spending like 60 80 dollars a month on coffee wow. and now I make coffee at home and even the few times I go into the office I still make my coffee at home because I'm like it tastes that much better I know what I like it's not, you know, five, $6 for a coffee. I think I realized how much I was saving based off of how much I was going out and spending, right? Like money wise. And then that turned into like, you just gather in small groups at home and then you buy a bottle and you're like, why haven't we been doing this this whole time? (laughs) (laughs) But just like really appreciating the small things of, you know, as simple as like, oh, I made my coffee this taste good versus going somewhere and just paying for it. And that's it. Um, I think I learned that So I never thought I was social. Like, I really never thought I was a social person. Really? Yes, absolutely. And my friend, I remember through Snapchat was like, you, yeah, you are like, you're crazy. I don't, I don't know where you got that from. But the pandemic made me realize that community is so important for me. And I ground myself in community. But it took, right, like the pandemic to make me realize that, that I like being around people. I've learned to. I've learned to embrace my space and my home because I've never been a homebody. So that's been really interesting because now, like sometimes I'll be in a space where 
I don't want to go out. Like, I don't want to leave the comfort of my home. And I've never felt that in life. I've never, ever felt that. Wow. And see, for me, it's the complete opposite. Like I've, I've always been a homebody and, and I've wanted to go out more. One thing that was exciting for me that I think is the opposite of others as well is I lost weight during um, this pandemic. Yeah. Like I was able to incorporate an exercise routine into my daily life. Um, And that has been great. Like I, you know, I've always looked good. So let's be clear. (laughs) I've always looked good. But uh, I look different, right? Because I was able to lose some weight and incorporate a routine that makes me feel really good about myself when I'm looking in the mirror. I'm always surprised because I'm like, how did this happen? Like, because it wasn't, it wasn't intentional. Right. It was just, you know, trying to create a new routine to stay sane in the pandemic. Mm. And um, exercising was one of those things that I added and going outside and getting fresh air was one uh, way um, that I did it. And I'm glad that I did. Like, I, I feel really good. Um, I continue to look good. And, and I'm, I'm grateful that that was something that I was able to incorporate um, into my day-to-day life. Yeah. So it sounded like it was structure. So like this unknown, you provided structure to it. And then like even more positive came out of that. Yeah. Yeah. What are other ways you, oh, I learned. So yeah, I became a plant mom, but you know what I learned is that naturally I'm a nurturing person. And so because I wasn't around, well, okay, I didn't know that, but because I wasn't around my... Denise is looking at me like y'all can't see us but she's looking at me like that <laughs> I learned that I guess 30 years later but that's where right like for me being around my students that's where I got my nurturing from you know oh. a student would say something and then I would see something at the store and buy it for them or like show like that you know through or food or bringing them food or their gifts or whatever that's how I was filling my nurturing bucket yeah and I think during the pandemic, that's what plants did. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Look, look at us learning and growing <laughs> and stuff. That's, that's really dope. That's really yeah. dope. But yes, you are that person just, and I just know that from personal experiences and how you, you know, treat me and respond to me. Um, while you were not here locally, when I had my accident um, with my wrist, you were very much here in spirit and, you know, sent me the most amazing <laughs> gift I've ever received in my entire life. Um, and, you know, just other little things, the plant Carmen Rose that you bought for me for my birthday one year, she is still alive. <laughs> um, I tried to become a plant mom. Um, but I did have a couple of plants that didn't make it through the <laughs> pandemic. Uh, so, uh, but Carmen Rose is still alive and, and doing okay. Doing okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, don't feel bad because a lot of my plants went to the graveyard on my app. And then I have the problem that I have one that is just thriving so much. I don't know if I'm going to be able to get it out of my apartment. Like oh, it's, wow. that, it's that bad. Wow. It's that bad, y'all. <laughs> it's so bad y'all that I I have to figure out a way to mount my TV because I cannot watch TV wow yes <laughs> so it's like a tree inside your house basically oh it's definitely a tree <laughs> wow so um 
So we talked a little bit about, you know, upcoming episodes, which are going to be super dope and exciting. So make sure you guys uh, tune into that. We've talked about, you know, things that we've learned and how we've grown through the pandemic. I have a question for you. Um, if, if you could go back in time, right? And if you could make the decision that this pandemic was something that we would not experience, would you make that decision or would you want to go through what this last year has taught us because of the pandemic and it caused us to actually slow down? That's a really hard question. That's a hard question for me because I feel like in the middle also of the pandemic, there was so much racial tension across communities. And I don't, I don't know, right? Like I don't, I would, I would choose to go through the pandemic. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I'm not 100% confident that the amount of racial tensions we had, I can't say like, right, like, I can't say these are the facts, like they also surfaced more because we were in a pandemic because people were already in their feelings. But I also think right. it was a lot was, was surfaced throughout the pandemic that I'm not sure had the pandemic not been there, it had been surfaced, it would have surfaced. And I, just like about everything we went through. I I completely agree. And we talked a little bit about this in uh, one of our season one episodes, The Complicated Life of Civil Unrest. Right. And I agree that um, had we not gone through that pandemic, that the the protest and a lot of the progress, you know, that did happen uh, would not have happened because the pandemic, unfortunately, provided, uh, I guess, an, an opportunity, I hate to, for lack of a better term in this moment, people lost their jobs, yeah. right? More of the people service, the were not in school. They didn't have anything to do, right? They didn't have anything to occupy their time. And so they they were able to actually organize and form and develop and create these opportunities to fight the fight, right? And to protest the injustice um, that was happening in our communities across the country. And I think that the pandemic, you know, made that happen, you know? So it was a, a beautiful and a magical thing, yet very stressful and very ugly at, in moments and just not you, living in it, you know, it, it was, you know, frustrating. It was scary, you know, at times, but I think it was definitely something that was needed, right? To open the eyes for so many people that didn't fully understand or grasp the concept of the racial tension that was happening um, in our, you know, modern day society, right? It's not something that has ever gone away. And I think um, there's beauty in that. Yeah. Um, and I think that we still have a long way to go, but I think we at least have, you know, a platform and a foundation to continue to build off of. Yeah. I think it's a, the disparities across the communities. It surfaced it even more. Yes. The systemic racism was surfaced even more. But I will say like, I answer that from a very privileged lens that I didn't lose my job or like 
didn't to this day, didn't lose my job. I say that from the lens of, right, what if I was someone that um, was an essential worker, undocumented, that lost, lost my job and can't pay for rent because then on top of that, the stimulus check doesn't protect me. Or like, I I don't have privilege to it. I don't know. I would say, yeah, let's, let's go through the pandemic again. I'm saying this from a privileged lens of like, I grew so much. It was so privileged. Like I kept, I worked from home. Yep. No, I'm glad you, you stated that because I completely agree. I'm definitely coming from, um, a place of privilege, especially when I talked about how I just, you know, spending my money. Right. Um, and that was not, you know, the case for a lot of Americans and not even just Americans, a lot of people just globally, you know, just did not have that, that same privilege. And so I'm so thankful and grateful and appreciative that that's not my story. Right. And, and I, you know, will continue to think of ways that I can support those that, you know, found themselves in those particular situations, um, and, and do my best to, to, you know, continue to fight the good fight for them, yeah. you know, yeah. and, and continue to shop locally, right. And right. eat out right. locally so that, you know, those essential workers will have, you know, jobs to actually go to, um, and safely. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's, I can only imagine how scary it would have been, you know, had I been an essential employee, you know, at a local grocery store, um, and having to to go in um, and work during the middle of the pandemic with people who refuse to wear a mask, right? Re- right? Refuse to do some of the basic things to keep everyone safe. But but I am I am thankful that we have you know moved in a direction where now there are vaccines available. Mariana and I are both fully vaccinated. And I admit in the beginning, I was extremely hesitant and wasn't sure if I would move forward with getting vaccinated. But the moment it was offered to me, I did not hesitate with scheduling an appointment and and going and getting vaccinated because I wanted to make sure that I did my part to keep everyone safe. And I, and I wanted to, to help us you know, get one day closer to having um, a new normal, right? That would allow us to get back to a somewhat normal everyday life, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think one of the things you hit on that I thought of too, that I saw a lot in the pandemic. And even even now the aftermath is realizing everyone's comfort level is very different, right? And everyone's fears are very different and valuing the value in that, right? Because some people, you know, it's, yeah, just it's comfort level. I think of, um, I had a conversation recently with a friend where I, there was all these feelings, right? About people not hanging out, this and that, but it all revolved on everyone's comfort level and co- COVID was different. Right. So you couldn't, it was so easy for people to go in and just assume like, oh, they didn't want to hang out with me or like, oh, they were doing this and that. But we were so isolated in COVID. Someone may have been going through something, but because you didn't have that, like, inner, you know, that interaction in person to see them respond. It, right. Yeah, that was completely taken away. How about you? You didn't answer your own question. Would you go through it all over again? Yeah, yeah, okay. I, I I, absolutely would. Um, as long as it could be the same, right? Uh, <laughs> I wouldn't want a different um, experience, but I would definitely go through it again because of one, you know, I did talk about, you know, the beauty in the the civil unrest, because I think had we not 
you know, had this pandemic that none of that would have happened. But also just thinking about, you know, ways that I was able to grow personally, I think, um, my my view on you know friendships and family um, relationships in general definitely changed because you know I had to allow people to show up um, how they felt comfortable showing up in my life and um, not taking things personally and uh, being more intentional with making sure I reached out um, which sometimes. Um, was, you know, a little difficult for me because I'm also the type of person that I don't have to talk to people every single day. Being mindful of that, like respecting who I am, but also wanting to let people know that I'm thinking of them, that they're on my mind and that, um, that I love them. So, yeah, yeah. absolutely. So hopefully y'all get excited about season two. And if you are following us on Instagram, make sure you like reshare anything and you tell your friends to follow us. And our handle is complicated underscore DM. Yeah. Yeah. Slide in our DMs and let us know your thoughts about any of our episodes. And also if you have ideas for topics or if you want to be a featured guest, like if yes. you believe you are an expert um, and maybe not even a real expert, but a faux expert in any of these areas, we would definitely love to have you as a guest. You can also visit our webpage, which is thecomplicateddm.com. And you can email us as well at info at Awesome. Well, stay tuned for season two. Yay. Bye. Bye. Thank you.